Right. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Classroom Chatter. I'm fired up for this week's guest. We have the one and only Pete Caliendo. Uh, for those of you who do not know who Pete is, he's the podcast host of Baseball Outside the Box, author of Youth Baseball Drills. He's a former USA national team baseball coach and a former independent professional coach. He's the current president and general manager of Caliendo Sports International, and he is a current international and United States baseball clinician. Pete, welcome to the show. What's up, Zach? Hey, uh, by the way, I am the one and only because I think there's only in baseball only one person named Pete Caliendo, I guess. Well, consider us in good company. Uh, <laughs> you're the only Pete I would like to know because uh, no one can top you. No one can top you. So uh, I'm glad you're on the show. Well, throw the B so, on, man. I'm glad. And uh, I'm going to enjoy it and I enjoy uh, listening to you. So let's do it. Um, I'm excited. Well, I think we're going to get an interesting side of you. Um, you know, this this we will talk some leadership that co that goes along with baseball. So if you're a baseball coach listening to this and typically listens to Pete's shows, um, you'll get to get to know him better, get to know uh, the person uh, behind the podcast host and baseball coach, which is uh, going to be very, very cool. Um, but speaking of getting to know you. Uh, there are a few questions that I ask every guest that comes on, and it's usually school-related, and some of them are silly, uh, but they're fun uh, questions, and it helps the the guest uh, kind of get in their groove. So my first question is, uh, what was your favorite subject in school and why? Wow. Hey, you know, that's a tough one because, uh, you know, I have to be honest, I didn't have many favorite subjects, um, you know, but I did enjoy uh, criminal law, criminal justice, Um from that standpoint, that's, I think, and I know sometimes not offered possibly in high school, but in university, that's what I took. And uh, I really enjoyed that aspect of it and really look forward to being, you know, going to class when that, when that course was there. I think that's the first criminal uh, justice answer we've had on the show, but I think that's interesting. Um, I may have talked to you um, just af after, um, after this, um, about you know some of the experiences with that because that, that's something that um, I personally didn't get to take any classes in that but it's something that always interests me so that's well, awesome that's a if you're looking for a first and uh, I may uh, shock your audience my favorite class under criminal justice when you when you use the word criminal justice you know um, and pre-law it was you know my favorite course out of all of them was studying organized crime and that was in Chicago, studying organized crime task force. And I had as a teacher, uh, the head of the Chicago organized crime task force. So that was, uh, talk about interesting. That keeps you on your toes every day. That is really, really cool. Especially with uh, dad and I, we, uh, <laughs> we're, <laughs> we're always, we're interested in uh, uh, the you know, mafia history and, and organized crime history and, and stuff like that. And M likes true crime stuff too. So um, you're speaking our language, so to speak. So <laughs> <laughs> speaking our language. Uh, so here's my favorite question that I'll ask all evening. Um, what was your favorite lunch day item and why? So this could be, you know, actual school lunch or something you packed. Something, oh boy, I'm really going to shock your audience again, man. Um, you know, being Italian, you know, my mom always packed and no, and it, and it was a success because nobody would want it. So I'd have, I wouldn't have to share it with anybody. And that was sardines with butter on bread. So hopefully I didn't uh, shock anybody there. That is awesome. <laughs> that is awesome. That's the first, that the first one. one, right? <laughs> that is the first one. Oh, I got to remember. 
Dr. Lewis, when I interviewed her on the show, she had something too that was that was based out of Louisiana. <laughs> yeah, that's that, so so I'm gonna have to um, I'm gonna have to get back to you what she said because I can't remember what it was. But <laughs> yours, <laughs> how about that yours. one? No kids wanted that, so I didn't have to worry about kids stealing my lunch. <laughs> that is awesome. That is awesome. <laughs> so my next question is, Pete. Um, did you have a favorite teacher or a favorite coach that uh, spoke out to you that really kind of changed your life? I know for me, there's several, you know, there's a teacher and a coach that, that really turn around, you know, really helped me understand what I wanted to be. Was there ever a teacher or a coach um, that, that, um, that you had that was a favorite of yours? Well, the, I had a, actually had a favorite teacher in college. Um, the name slips me. It's been a long time, uh, but it was one of my pre-law uh, course teacher uh, he he made things very exciting and you always wanted to go to class and then as far as a teacher in baseball um, Dick Birmingham my mentor for DC I met him when I was 15 years old travel the world um, because of him I would not have done nearly I, I don't even think anything that I've done in baseball when I would have done without him because of him um, and you know he was just a great person and always looked out for me. So he was my favorite teacher because he also can keep your attention and was funny, you know, and amusing and, and obviously was very informative, but was a great coach too. And I know there's a common theme with doing these podcasts. And I'm sure you're, I mean, you're used to it as well. Of Just, you know, what are some of the best teachers and coaches and they're always the ones that want you to come back and they're always authentic. So and there's a question I always ask too for every guest that I have, and we'll get we'll get to that. But um, just like you said there, you know, Dick was authentic, honest, and could keep your attention. And those are three things that are I think are must haves to be a fantastic teacher or coach. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. My next question is: uh, Did you always want to go into coaching? Uh, if not, what did you want to be? You know what? I didn't realize. Well, uh, you know, again, I went into criminal justice. I obviously wanted to play baseball like any young kid. You know, I went to college, uh, you know, unfortunately made the decision, you know, picking a college because of baseball, not always on the educational side. That was a mistake I made. Um, But, you know, I wanted to go into baseball when it came to playing. And then, you know, my goal was either to be a Secret Service, you know, FBI, uh, you know, possibly guarding the president, vice president, you know, whatever it may be in that area. Not necessarily. I know one thing that might be your audience and you might be thinking because I took organized crime task force. I did not want to be uh, on the organized crime task force unit um, <laughs> because I am Italian. And uh, and I think that that's just a too dangerous of a job um, trying to go undercover against the mob, um, especially in those days. But, you know, um, that, that's what I really, you know, was searching to do um, to get into law enforcement uh, in that area. But then at 15 years old, I went to Mickey on baseball school and that's when everything changed. Um, still with the love of baseball. And that's why I met my mentor. And then the, everything else just snowballed from there, man. And, and it just took off and I stayed in baseball. That's awesome. I love um, on Facebook seeing all the Mickey Owen uh, posts and, and I'd love those pictures. Anytime you, anytime you post those, I, I love it um, because there's such a rich history with the Mickey Owen baseball school. And, um, you know, if you're a baseball guy listening to this, please look into that. Uh, please look into the history of it. It's so cool for me. Of course, I'm a baseball history nerd, uh, but, <laughs> but, but, but uh, 
but to read about it and 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 to know firsthand from your experience how life changing it is and and was, um, it's awesome to to hear more stories on it. So, um, and it's it's just awesome. It's awesome. Um, well, you know, uh, and to throw in there, if you don't mind, Zach, you know, there's uh, you know, a couple of guys went there when I was there. Charlie Sheen was one of our students. Um, you know, not that I take credit for Charlie's um, extracurricular activity, uh, but, <laughs> but as a baseball player, he was really good. He loved baseball, wanted to play college baseball. I remember talking to him many times about it. You know, Michael Jordan went there. Um, you know, not that he had to be famous to go there, but interesting enough, Michael Jordan was, our, I believe, at 13 or 14 before I was. Um, but, you know, it, you went to the baseball school for one reason, and that was to get better. And there were kids from all over the country and all over the world that went there. And it was 24 hours baseball, if you think about it, because we woke up early in the morning, you know, had breakfast and it, there was no pools, no, no, uh, uh, air conditioning, you know, it was just cabins. It's like being, I guess, in the military, um, you know, you had 12 kids in a, in a cabin with one counselor. You, you, you practiced in the morning, then you, you know, practiced in the afternoon, then you played games at night, um, you umpired, you you fixed fields if you were a counselor, because then I became a counselor. So, you know, there was a history of, uh, I learned a lot of things of the game itself, not just the coaching aspect of it, but the maintaining the fields, the umpiring, what makes you appreciate things as you get a little older and you get into real serious coaching. That's why I appreciate umpires a lot because I understand the difficulty behind it. I umpired 100 games a summer every summer for 10 years. Um, and I was always umpiring older players. I wasn't umpiring my age group. I was always you know, college and, and the ex-pro guys. Um, so I saw all that and, and I got great experience. So the baseball school really was a catapult for everything else. But it was it was unbelievable because, you know, you you know, you talk about and Zach, you're one of these guys. You talk about eat, sleep and drink baseball, man. That's all it was. I would have loved that, to be honest with you. That would have been uh, so cool to experience. Um, you know, and, and I say it all the time with, uh, on this show, especially when we have coaches on, uh, good teachers and good coaches, they're doing the same thing, just different environments. <laughs> you know, we're using the same, uh, same strategies, same techniques, um, knowingly or unknowingly. Uh, it's just, uh, it's always it inter interested me at a young age when, when my dad, you know, mentioned it to me because he's a teacher and coach, uh, and really once, you know, it's my first year teaching. So, it really is the same job You're doing the same thing. It's just two different environments. And, um, it's so cool. Um, I wouldn't trade this. I wouldn't trade teaching and coaching for anything. It's, uh, it's awesome. Absolutely. Uh, so one, one of the reasons why I wanted to, to have you on the show is, uh, to talk about parenting. I know you have, um, you know, your, your stepfather, correct? No, my dad, my dad. Oh, you're, yeah, 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 yep. yeah. So, um, you, Pete, you're, but you, I'm gonna say you're, you are, you're a stepdad, right, Pete? I'm a stepdad, correct? Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, you, you're, you're, you're a parent, um, and also you had two phenomenal parents um, that I have uh, been lucky enough to hear about from you. Mm -hmm. um, so, I think when I, when I wanted to tackle the the subject of parenting and 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 what good parenting does for a human being, uh, you were the first person that came to mind. Uh, so, uh, in regards to all of this, I'd like you to tell, um, our viewers about your parents, tell about their story and, and how they came to the United States. Absolutely. You know, God bless them both. You know, my dad passed away, um, January uh, 5th, my mom, um, November 2nd, um, you know, and 
you know, they they had a great life. They came in from Italy. My dad came first. Uh, they were about 21 when they came over. You know, in those days, talk about tough. You know, I, I have a hard time getting kids nowadays to travel internationally, meet us somewhere, you know, because um, their parents are worried, you know, if they can get there on their own or not because they got to make a connection on a flight. Well, you know, here's my mom and dad. My dad comes over, doesn't know anybody. My aunt, my his mother knew one person here in Chicago, you know, so at least we had one person that they knew. He lived with them. Um, he had to learn the language. He had to get going. Um, then he had my mom come over. Um, so they were very young when they came over, uh, not knowing many people. It was pretty stressful for them, you know, and, and their main concern was, you know, to have my brother and I both born in the U.S. I mean, they wanted us to be Americans. They understood the life in America, how great it is. Not that it's bad, you know, bad in Italy, but it, there's more opportunities here in the States um, than there is anywhere in the world. As you know, Zach, I mean, if somebody puts their mind to it, you can pretty much do anything you like in the U.S. Um, as long as you stay focused and you work it and you work smart at it. Well, my parents understood that. So, you know, next thing you know, um, you know, they're my dad's working. My mom's at home taking care of my brother. Then, you know, then then she has me. And the tough part was when she had to handle both of us, you know, because I was a little bit of a tease with my brother. So it was always that we're always getting into it. And she, you know, being there by herself, my dad working 14 hours, they decided, well, you know, we're going to ship Pete to Italy to live with our with my grandparents um, at three years old. So I, I'm on a flight three years old with a flight attendant. Um, I leave my mom and dad at the airport and my my mom's sister is an identical twin in Rome. So when I get there, I, at first I thought it was my mom. So I was pretty happy. Um, but then I, I lived there three years. My parents came over. I lived there three years in, in Rome with my grandparents and my aunt, learned the language. And there was another thought that my parents, I'm sure, had there. And that was, hey, not only is it good for my mom to break us up a little bit because, you know, it was stressful on her. You don't want her to have a uh, situation where she has a breakdown. Well, they also had the intention of, I'm going to learn another language. They did the same thing with my brother because when I came back, they sent him for a year. He learned the language. That language went a long ways for both of us. So, you know, because my parents took the initiative, it would have been easy for them to stay in Italy where it's comfortable, where they were comfortable, where they had family, you know, and and, and just, you know, had us grow up as Italians. But they knew and understood all that. And uh, God bless them for them. If it wasn't for them, um, look, uh, you know, I certainly, and I talk about Coach Birmingham, Forget, you know, right now, Coach Birmingham helped me get where, I, where I'm at, but my parents started me off because if it wasn't for them coming here and giving me the values and the understanding of what I need to do to, um, you know, build a career and, and, and establish myself in the States, uh, you know, that would have never happened. I would have been in Italy and maybe had another life story I'd be talking about. And that's a perfect uh, segue into the point I, I was kind of thinking about um, with having you on is is this, um, you know, parenting and, and good parenting uh, sets the foundation. Now, certainly there's individuals uh, who can overcome uh, some tough situations. Um, but with that being said, you know, good parenting sets the foundations for, for anyone uh, to have success long term in their life. And no question about it, your parents certainly did that. Uh, and, and, you know, the importance of learning a second language at a young age is, is phenomenal um, for, for, you know, a, a, young, a young child. Uh, it just it helps them out so much, especially longer in life, long-term benefits, but just the, the ability to, to learn things quicker and, and faster. And it's so important with that. And 
Um, that's why I'm kind of, you know, when I have children of my own, uh, my thought process is to have them learn a second language um, just so it's a lot easier on them, especially when they when they have um, classes in high school or, or sorry, secondary school. So um, very, very cool. Um, so I guess we'll peel the onion a little bit more. What were some of the most uh, important lessons your parents taught you? Yeah, there were several, um, you know, and I wanted to add on top of that language too, Zach. Um, you know, when I learned my, the language, I learned it from three to six. I didn't go to school. Um, later on, I went to school, obviously, to keep it up and all that. But, you know, I recommend, you know, like if you, when you have a young son or daughter, you know, get them early. Don't wait till they get into school to start learning the language. Try to get them, you know, at three years old to start listening to things or at least, you know, listening to words or, or, or watching maybe or listening to radio or watching television in a certain language. Because, you know, as you know, those are the areas, those are the years that you're going to pick up the most. Um, so I, I, flu I speak Italian fluently without even studying it. Now, do I make mistakes? Absolutely. But um, my parents, you know, what, you know, my, my parents taught me this uh, several things. One, you know, the mate and I said it last night on the show, I said, you know, treat people like you want to be treated that was big for my mom and dad um they always respected uh individuals you know they taught me respect um they taught me you know that you when the biggest probably is when you make a commitment you keep it and i'll tell you what how that happened i was going to make your own baseball school 15 years old right i mean i saw it in baseball digest and i, I told my parents i love baseball i want to go they knew i loved it because i was playing since nine um eight or nine and and uh, they saw that I had a passion for it. And, but, you know, they didn't have a lot of money either. It's not like they were rolling in cash. And, but they made the effort to get me to make your own baseball school. When I got there, I saw a school that was in the middle of nowhere, a Chicago kid, you know, where there's no air conditioning. It, at the time, it was raining, so it was kind of dreary. There's cabins. I didn't know anybody. I'm looking around. I see all kinds of different bugs I've never seen in Chicago. Um, so I told my mom and dad, you know, I, no, I don't want to stay. Well, you know what the response was. My parents, old school Italians, but pretty sharp. You know, their response was real simple. You made a commitment, you're staying till the end. Later on, if you don't want to come back, you'll make that choice. So, you know, keeping your commitment, keeping your word, um, I think was big to, big for them. Um, you know, and obviously my mom, especially because my dad was working a lot, you know, stressing school and education, uh, didn't listen as much as I should have. Um, I should have listened to my mom a lot more. And it's interesting because my mom wrote and spoke English better than I, I did. And I, and, and, until she died, she still spoke English better than I did. And she wasn't born here. Um, but she took grammar as a big deal. And she corrected me many times constantly because she knew how important that would be. So there were a lot of values, you know, good parenting, you know, good parents that they teach you. Now, were they firm? Absolutely. My dad was very firm. You know, you walked in front of a and then that's something we're getting away from a little bit. But you walk, you know, in front of a, a television, somebody's watching television, you better say, excuse me. Um, if you don't, you're going to get a little whack on the side of the head. Now, nowadays, you know, some parents may not whack you because they're always worried about what, what the repercussions might be. And that's up to the individual parent. But, um, you know, my dad didn't hit me hard. He just let me know, you know, hey, you got to say, excuse me, you know, because you're, you're interfering with somebody watching television. especially. And then the big deal was if you're at somebody's house, wow, you better dress well, you better be polite, you better say yes sir, yes ma'am. Again, walk in front of a TV, you better say excuse me, you better say thank you when they offer you something. My parents found out that you know that didn't happen somewhere, boy, it'd be trouble. Um, so they were firm, 
but loving, you know, I was saying on the flip side, my mom could, could spoil you a little bit, right? So not not from a from a gift standpoint or, or money, um, but from doing things for you. And that, that's one thing my dad wouldn't do, but my mom would do it. So, so unfortunately, because, you know, a loving mom, she wanted to do your laundry. She wanted to, you know, get you some fruit after dinner and bring it to your room, you know, whatever it may be. Those were things that uh, spoiled me a little bit. So, that you know, that probably wasn't the best thing to do all the time. Um, but overall, bad. They were fantastic parents. They really taught me what it means to be an individual and how to treat people and how to deal with people in life. And as you know, as a coach, uh, the relationship piece is is so important. Um, so I guess uh, going into the coaching profession, uh, were there any lessons that uh, they taught you that necessarily helped you in regards to coaching? Um, in regards to coaching, I would say, you know, again, back to the respect factor, because, you know, it meant respect, respecting your your students or whether to be your players. Um, just because you're a coach doesn't mean you're above everybody. Um, and, and I felt like, you know, my parents always taught me, you know, to treat people equally. Um, and I did that with players. You know, now I didn't spoil players, but, you know, I treated them like I like I would want to be treated. Um, I talked to them like I would want to be talked to. I dealt with players the way I would want to be dealt with. Um, you know, so if that was, you know, from a discipline standpoint, sometimes you have to be disciplined with your players. Sure, sometimes you have to be firm, but a lot of times you can have a lot of fun with them. Um, so, you know, I think that I think that's one area they taught me um, that kind of carried over into coaching. Um, you know, organization was another being on time. I mean, I think that was a big deal for my mom and dad. You know, um, you better be on time wherever you're going to be. I, I think the big one is also, um, again, I mentioned it, but, you know, how you dress. That's big to Italian families. Um, you know, uh, how you dress, meaning you respect other people. If you're going to be with people, dress well. Don't go in, you know, with cutoff jeans and a cutoff T-shirt and you know, be professional in everything you do. And I think that's some of the things that my, my parents taught me that kind of carried into, into the coaching aspect. Super important. Uh, your parents sound a lot like my parents. Um, again, it, <laughs> super fortunate that I had the mom and dad that I had. Um, you know, my mom, I, realistically, I, I was with my mom a little bit more just because my dad growing up at times was um, the athletic director at the local, uh, the local college. So really, I spent most of my time with my mom at my at my foundational years, uh, but both of them have been fantastic. And, and and I know you could you know you totally agree. But um, good parenting um, is something that uh, I'd like to see reemerge. Uh, and it's not that it's not that a uh, a human being can't overcome it, um, but it's something that uh, when you have a child. Uh, or, or a child comes into your life, um, you need to be the, the role model for them. And of course, in coaching and teaching, um, we are the role models uh, that will teach them lessons that they may not have may not have known initially. So, uh, yeah, but again, and, and uh, for well, you, you go ahead. For you, I was going to say for your parents out there, um, maybe that are coaches or have kids in sports. You know, one of the things my parents did when I played, um, you know, and. You know, probably the advantage was they didn't know much about baseball. You know, they saw it on TV and my dad, st you know, watched games. So he started to understand it really, you know, enough to watch to, as a spectator. Um, but they never put any pressure on me. You know, when they came to games, 
Um, and, and I don't know, you know, sometimes it could have been my fault, but they kind of stayed to the side. They didn't want me to see them all the time right away um, because they thought that would put pressure on, on me to try to do too good. I think they understood that, you know, they didn't talk to the coach. They let everything was, they let every, let me handle everything. If I, if I had to talk to the coach, I would talk to the coach. Um, I wouldn't do it through my parents and my parents would never interfere. I think that's a big, big deal that helped me understand um, as I got into coaching also and went and I had to teach parents um, how to act at games, how to react when your kid's not playing. Um, you know, if there's a problem, well, who's going to go talk to the coach? Well, it's not going to be the parent. It's got, I don't care what age you are, you've got to be man enough to go to the coach if you've got an issue. So I think that was another area that they taught me well. I totally agree. That's uh, that's something my parents uh, taught me as well. Uh, and it's super beneficial in life because, you know, at some point you're going to, you know, you're going to be an, an adult. You'll have to, you'll have to talk to your boss or coworkers, you know, to yep. figure things out. And at the end of the day, we, you know, the only, the only reasons why things uh, go, go south is a lack of communication. Um, so, you know, and, same, and a lot of the same things I've experienced in teaching this year. Uh, that's something I try to instill in my students to not be afraid to speak up in a you know in a teams meeting or something like that uh, because it is their education is that important and you know in some in some students and some players uh, won't speak up but they'll speak up afterwards and that's that's just that's perfectly fine as well as as long as their voice is being heard and 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 uh, that they're learning that skill of speaking up when they need the help um, that's super important and it's cool as a coach and teacher to, to see that. I know the past couple of weeks, my students, for example, have been speaking up for help and I've been so, I've been so proud of them. I've told them how proud I am because I know that socialization due to cell phones and, and other electronics um, is something that, that children really, really struggle with. Mm -hmm. they, they struggle with it. So, um, Awesome on your parts of your parents. I love that. Absolutely love that. Uh, my next question here is something I, it's probably one of my, if this is, if the food question was my favorite question, this is my second <laughs> favorite. Um, what do you think separates a good coach from a great coach? Wow. I mean, uh, you know, everybody's an individual. So they're, you know, everybody has their own specific skills. Uh, I think coaches are different in a lot of different ways and how they can keep kids attention and how they can interact, how they can figure out how to help them, how they can organize a practice. I mean, there's so many different skills they can do. Um, but it, it, I was always taught this coach Birmingham was one of the best at it. And I think by being with him so much, you know, since I was 15 years old, I was everywhere with him, seminars, coaching programs, uh, you know, coaching around the world. Um, and you, you can't help but learn. And sometimes you kind of, uh, I don't know what the exact word is, but you, you know, I don't, maybe through osmosis or through something, you, you kind of inherit some of the things that, that they're doing, you do. And the, the reason he was such a great coach. And I, and, and that's the reason I believe coaches um, separate themselves was the ability to communicate, um, to have fun. And I, and that's a key word, but people have to understand what that means by having fun, you know, being able to smile, being able to, you know, interact and have some, you know, say some jokes, whatever it may be that, that makes people relax. Um, and then having the ability to get players 
to want to run through a wall, um, you know, for that coach. Uh, that's a special gift to be able to get players to play over 100% if that's if that's actually possible, um, but to play 100% all the time. And, you know, and that's gained by getting respect, you know, and you get respect not by telling, you know, players or parents that you're the coach. You gain respect when players feel that, you have their best interest in mind, and that is you want to help them, but you want to be honest with them. And sometimes the honesty, you know, hurts because they hear the truth, but the truth makes them better um, because now they know what to work on. So I really believe that the ability to communicate, the ability to get players to play um, 100% for you um, and ability to keep it fun and, and relaxed uh, to the point where even in game situations, you don't panic. You don't show emotion, um, and I'm not saying you can't show emotion, but most of the time you're always even keeled um, because if they see you relaxed and they see you in control, well, they're going to be a lot better in control also, um, be able to control their ability to play. So I think that's that's what really, to me, that's what separates everything. And I was asked that yesterday um, when it, you know with the coaches that are working with young kids, you know, and and I told them I said one of the things that you got to do when you're working with young kids, you got you know you have to have the ability to whether it's practice or a game you have to have the ability to start excited and end excited um, now i understand if you lose a ball game you can't always end excited but especially in practice um but you could end you could end it always on a positive note but in practice if you don't start excited and end excited and you should be exhausted by time in my opinion by the time you're done with practice because you've had so much fun as a coach with your players and you've really got things rolling that again to me that separates the the good from the from the great um, because the great ones really can make practice very interesting, lots of fun, and then just like that classroom that I had in uh, criminal justice, I wanted to go back all the time. Couldn't wait for class, and I think that's what separates the the good ones, the great ones. Excuse me. Totally agree. Um, there's so much. Wow, there's so much awesomeness in that in, in your answer there. Um, you know, authenticity. Um, having the, the best interests of the students or players, you know, and, and just being, you know, being yourself, being honest and, and having positive energy are three things that the best in the world have. They bring energy every day and, and you and the players and assistant coaches, uh, must bring that as well uh, because that's what's demanded. Uh, but I tell you what, uh, it's always important to, kind of switch gears and think you're, you know, if I was playing for me or, or learning from me, um, what I like, what, what the teacher or coach is doing. And typically that's a, that's a good little, good little sign there to, to tell you, uh, yeah, you know, I like this or man, I don't like this. I better make a change. Um, so that's something that, uh, is, is very important. What, uh, um, with that, but excellent answer. That was awesome. That was awesome. Um, so we're kind of coming down the home stretch here. Um, what is one thing you have learned recently that you believe can help others? Could be anything. Something I learned recently. Um, <laughs> oh boy. Um, you know, it's something I think that everybody really understands it, um, knows it, I think. Um, but I'm not sure follows it and and it's gonna be a little i don't know 
let's call it outside the box in some ways. Um, and that is, you know, and I see it on social media. I see it on um, in person sometimes, you know, people expect everybody, and I just said it, right? Start practice with having, um, being excited and then practice being excited. Now I could do that in practice, but can you do that in real life all the time? Absolutely not. Um, because you know what? You're gonna have bad days. And one thing, you know, I was listening to, and it's interesting, you, you'll get a kick out of this. I was listening to Mike Tyson in a, in a documentary. And one of the things he said is, uh, you know, it's impossible to be happy all the time. Um, so I've got my down days, um, but it's the ability to get through those down days. Um, so, and, 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 and I say I, that's something I've learned lately because I'm not very good at it. Um, you know, I meet a lot of people. I say, how are you doing? And they go, oh, I'm doing great. Are you really doing great? Um, you know, are you going to say I'm doing great because, and, and, uh, maybe had a real bad day or you can be honest and say hey, i'm a tough day today tough to say that right because people don't want to hear it because they think you're going to be negative um so I, I i think the ability to really be honest with yourself and sometimes be honest with people i think that's something that i've learned um just recently because you know what um i always try to be positive all the time you know when when, when i interacted with people but there's times you know that you got to be honest with someone that you know and let them know, you know, I've had a tough day today, um, but I'll get through it. So I think that's something, you know, if that makes any sense, um, that's something that uh, I've learned um, probably in the last uh, two to three weeks uh, more than anything. That's really good advice, uh, really good advice. And, and to be honest with others, I think that builds, as we've talked uh, earlier in the show here, uh, about uh, building trust, you know, because if someone's totally honest with with someone, um, then the relationship can really skyrocket and and really take some some good steps forward. So that's really really good advice. Uh, so of course, you know, we have the the COVID vaccine coming around, but you know, we're still in a pandemic. So this might date the podcast a little bit. So if you're listening <laughs> to this podcast, you know, ten years down the line, we're away from the pandemic, hopefully. Uh, um, uh, you know, this would be good advice for, you know, God forbid another pandemic from happening, but, um, what has been a way for you, uh, to handle the stress of the pandemic, Pete? Yeah, initially, uh, Zach, the first three months, um, you know, it was, it was fine. I was working from home. You know, I work from home anyways. Um, you know, get into the sixth month, it really started to get a little bit nerve wracking, you know, because of the lack of travel, uh, especially lack of income, um, you know, staying home all the time. Um, that was a little tough, you know, and it got, and, and now we're in a, in a month, 10 and 11, boy, it has really been stressful. Um, but initially what I, when, and I've done what I've always done, um, and I don't know where I got it, but I've always believed that one, you've got health is your number one issue um, when it comes, comes to life. Now, if you're a Christian and you, and you believe in God or, you know, that's fine and you follow you have faith um, that and that should be at the top of your at the top of your scale. I'm not going to tell everybody that that they need to do that. Um, but when it came to um, health, I, I've always believed that you need to take care of yourself. I, and I see a lot of people, especially in the U.S., that don't do that. They use the excuse of, "Well, I travel." Well, you know what? I travel too for two weeks straight. I still watch what I eat. I still exercise every day. Um, 
I got, you know, even, even, you know, yesterday, today, I got home late. What I do, I spent 45 minutes exercising or half hour doing something. Um, so I believe how I got through and still getting through the pandemic. I walk my dog and for relaxation, I might walk them 45 minutes. I listen to a podcast during that time. I always like to learn something or just keep something interesting on, you know, then I come back and I keep a routine, you know, my routine and my routine may change. I still do the same things. I just change it differently. Um, you know, I may get into some work. Um, I may check some emails, you know, do some social media, kind of change it up a little bit and use the office downstairs and sometimes go upstairs. You know, so you're not you're doing the same thing, but you're not doing the same area. You're breaking the routine a little bit. Then I go to work out. Um, why? Get away from everything. Now, you can't work out because you can't go to the gym, which we now we can with a mask. But if you couldn't do it at the time, then figure it out. Walk, jog. Um, if you can't jog because, you know, your hips and your knees, well, ride a bike. So I would ride my bike for 45 minutes to an hour. Uh, my wife and I would do that together. Um, I couldn't do the bike. Then I go downstairs. Then I do aerobics. Or I, I picked up uh, box, aerobics boxing so I can work on, you know, on boxing. In case you never, you know, you never know. You might need it one day, right? So I worked on that. So I would keep a routine. Um, and again, during the time I was doing that, I'd also listen to podcasts. Why? I was getting more educated. Um, you know, and, there, and then after that, you know, obviously I would relax, have dinner. Uh, but again, you know, be with my wife, watch a couple television shows, go back down, do some work. Um, so I keep a certain routine that kept me going all the time. And but but the health issue was big because especially now with the pandemic, because everybody talks about wearing a mask, you know, social distancing, wash your hands. I did all that. Still do all that. Still follow the rules. I don't believe in the lockdowns, but that's another that's another story. That's another uh, ball game. But I do believe that you need to follow those three pr protocols. But what I'm a little disappointed in, I know you didn't ask me this. I'm a little disappointed in our medical industry because from day one of the pandemic to 11th or whatever it is, the 10th month or whatever it may be, I've watched a lot of news. And one thing I didn't hear from our medical industry, um, and they should be ashamed of it if, if they were if they were on television, I did not mention this. And that is you need to take care of your health, period. Drink plenty of water. You've heard me talk about this. Drink plenty of water. Take vitamins. Talk to your doctor about vitamins. I I take my vitamins every day. D is a specific vitamin that's important, especially for the coronavirus. I mean, um, but for your immune system more than anything, uh, you know, and exercise. And that doesn't mean you're going to be safe from the virus or you're going to be safe from anything. You could still get sick, unfortunately. But, you know, just like a player, right? I mean, and it's interesting. I hate to jump on this, but... I know we got final minutes here, but you look at players. Players have Tommy John. Why they have Tommy John? Why most of the time because they didn't take care of themselves before. They could have prehabbed instead of rehabbed afterwards. Well, same thing in life. If they would prehab with their health, you know, we'd have less risk when it came to the coronavirus. So I think that that's important. Um, and I, I I just wish that you know we would tell people that more because there's a great opportunity to for people that get in great shape better shape better health and again i'll give you an example i, I even needed to get in better health um i got to the weight where the doctor finally said this is the way you should be at um and i lost like 12 pounds without even trying i wasn't trying to lose weight i was just working out more so to, you know to answer it with a long answer the question that you had that's what i tried to do during the pandemic but i it, it's a routine that i did all the time I didn't change anything just because there was a pandemic. I had to adjust because I could only do certain things in certain areas, but the adjustment wasn't that hard. And my ba my basement is is very small. 
and I was still able to exercise and figure out things how to exercise in my basement. So Zach, um, I think that, that those were the things that got me through it. I think the biggest one, and excuse me, the last one would be you had to interact with people, right? So I interacted like you do on Zoom. I did a lot of podcasts. I mean, I did 200 podcasts in a, in a short period of time. I did one every day um, with with top coaches like you have, you know, in the U.S. and around the world, top experts in the game. Uh, I think that helped me, you know, keep going, talking to different individuals, um, you know, getting smarter as best I can. Um, and that really helped me get through everything. Now, am I over the pandemic? Absolutely not. I'm still stressed out. I still get stressed out daily. Um, but, you know, sometimes you got to sit there and um, I'm going to take a meditation next, I think, because I think that'd be something that can help me. My wife does it all the time. I've just never really gotten into it. She would be awesome with that. Uh, Ryan Brownlee, the ABCA, would be another person to, to reach out on that as well. Uh, but something that came up in regards to routines that, uh, speaking of Ryan Brownlee, uh, this past week, uh, I was able to listen to a, a little clinic that he gave. Mm -hmm. And one of the things he did that I thought was super uh, interesting uh, for his players is he would create a calendar for them a weekly calendar, write in all the practices and, and all the team specific things. And then he would print it out and give it to each of his players. And they were to fill out their, their schedule on that. So to create routines and good habits. And then they would give it back to him and the coaching staff. And essentially the, the process there was to help them uh, be the most organized and, and, and uh, best version of themselves uh, so that they don't get stressed over college because college can be overwhelming Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, in regards to teaching, I, I teach specific learning disabilities and mental impairments. And uh, one thing that, that always seems to come back is a lot of the students get kind of overwhelmed because of lack of organization. So uh, a shout out to Ryan Brownlee. I'm going to steal the, I'm going to, sorry, I'm going to take the idea of the calendar. Um, and luckily through the learning system that we use, um, the calendar's already there for my classes and I can just give them five easy points as long as they fill out their calendar and send it back to me. But again, we're building good habits there. And and the role of teacher and coach is way beyond just the content. Uh, we're, we're, life, uh, we're life experts, so to speak, and we're still learning. We're on the same path as our students or players. And that's something I always appreciate about you, Pete, is is you mentioned the health aspect. And that was actually a kick in the pants for me because I needed to, to get back into good health and, and to, to work out along with this. And it's been, you know, today I did 30 minutes on the elliptical, usually 30, 40 minutes with a mask. I try to go with an hour, but that's kind of, that's hard for me because the, <laughs> because of the mask gets heavy. Um, but again, like you said, working out, drinking enough water, eating right, getting enough sleep. These are all, all things that help us uh, be the best version of ourselves. And again, this is a that'd be a, another another great way to allow us to at least um, fight this uh, awful pandemic. Absolutely, and you know, and then you and I failed to mention you mentioned it. And that is sleep. Sleep's so important, also. Um, you know, because you know, I know I feel bad for a lot of people out there, and I mean, we're included in this in some ways. You know, I mean, I haven't had income for eleven months. Um, you know, that can get pretty stressful. Uh, and there, but there's a lot of other people out there a lot worse off where they're, you know, they're, 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 they're trying to pay their bills day by day. I mean, it's really tough on them. And all of a sudden this hits um, and now they don't have a job and now they still got to pay their bills and that's really tough on them. Um, so, you know, interacting with people daily somehow 
I think is important um, because you know it kind of relieves the stress. Now, you know, I have a, I have a, I don't, I don't recommend this one, um, but I, I, I can relieve stress a little bit, you know, just by when nobody's around, just by kind of yelling, you know, or um, you know, not yelling, but kind of letting things out um, because I think sometimes I have an internal clock where I keep everything in there and that's not good for anybody to do that so to express it and sometimes you, you want to express it maybe to somebody that you trust and everything but sometimes you just want to express it out loud or you might want to express it to God if you're a religious person um, I think that helps get that out a little bit um, so that's something else that sometimes can help you if you if you're uh, feel a little stressed out for the day that reminds me of a writing activity um, that I was planning on doing. I guess I could still do it virtually, but a writing activity I was planning on doing for my students to A, improve their writing, but B, become more confident writing as well, um, is to have them write things out um, that, mm. you know, maybe bothering them. But again, you know, we respect the privacy. So again, if if they write in letters like uh, DNI, which means do not read, I wouldn't read it, but at least they were getting the act in of of writing and improving, and uh, and and so that's that's a good point that you brought up. Um, uh, but I have a few more questions here, um, and I appreciate the time you've given me, Pete. This has been awesome. Uh, what is your favorite memory in baseball, and why? Boy, you know, and that you know why that's a tough one because there's so many of them. Um, because you know, there's you make them, you make memories. I mean, constantly. Um, wow, you know, I I would have to say, you know, everybody's going to say, you know, you receive an award, and obviously, awards are fantastic because you're honored, you're honored to get that award. Um, but if I was going to go away a little bit, and again, thinking outside the box, uh, go away from the the award part. Um, I would say the time in baseball, my very first time as an American in 19, uh, no, it was 2000 and I believe six or seven um, when I arrived in the Cuba. Um, and I say that because, you know, here I am in Cuba where Americans really can't go unless you go illegally. And, you know, I'm in Havana and then I'm walking around old Havana and then I'm walking around where the regular people live because I just wanted to go see what it's like um, for a Cuban family and I you know and it was very safe but to stand there and say to yourself here I am in a country that Americans are not allowed to go in those days especially in, two, in 206 207 I mean I, you know I had friends there but I still weren't allowed to go I had the proper paperwork through State Department to be able to do this because of baseball it was the Olympic qualifier but it was my very first time there um, and to just look out and around and say, wow, where am I at? How, how did I get here? Is this incredible? Um, and, and sadly, on the sad part, you know, I had friends there, which, I'm, you know, I remember this clearly. I couldn't invite them to restaurants. I couldn't invite them to the hotel to come down to the lobby to relax and talk. Um, times have changed a little bit, but in those days you couldn't do that. Um, so, you know, I'd have to say, you know, that's a great, great memory if you're talking about baseball memories that had to have been an incredible experience um just to think about that and um might have felt like you're in the twilight zone a little bit too <laughs> yes yeah well it felt like I, I got in uh 
And I don't think I ever watched that movie, but that car, you know, the time machine that you go back in time, like 30, 40 years. I was there. I think I was there with Al Capone and, and Lucky Luciano, you know, when they opened their casinos there. Um, matter of fact, I saw some pictures. I stayed at the hotel where they stayed at. They had their pictures up. I saw the hotels that they ran. Um, so, yeah, it did feel like you went back in time. Um, there's no doubt about that. Uh, and, and I got to tell you, Zach, I bet you, you put down that one on your show as a first also, huh? That is definitely true. That is definitely true. <laughs> that's, you know, honestly, that's the thing about Cuba that always interests me is how it's sort of, you know, it's, it's it hasn't aged. Um, it's crazy to me, but um, that's very, very cool. Um, so my last question here, I know you're, you're, you know, of course, you're a super learner. You, you try to get 1% better every single day. Uh, again, if you're a baseball coach, you need to listen to Pete's podcast. It's baseball outside the box. Um, again, I, you know, I told him when I was on the show a couple of times, he's the hardest working, uh, one of the hardest working people I know, uh, especially for the game of baseball, because it seems like every single day there's, there's something new that he's doing and it's fantastic information, fantastic information. Um, but since you're, you know, getting on the learning topic, uh, what are some of your favorite resource resources to use to learn it and to improve such as podcasts or books? I tell you what, there's a lot of people out there that they do this a lot better than I do. And um, obviously, Zach, you're one of them. As long as you are, if I was doing, if I did the things you did when I was your age, um, when it comes to learning, because you know all the podcasts you listen to, and then you do the notes, and then you put the notes on social media, so you can share that with others, and that saves others from maybe you know spending a lot of that time. Um, you know, if I did that, man, uh, boy, would I really? I, I think I'd be, you know thousand times better than, than I am now, but I try my best. I'm not the best at it. I do, like I said, listen to podcasts constantly. I don't only listen to baseball ones, you know, for, I try to bounce around. I'm one of these guys that, you know, I get interested in, in, in bouncing around, listening to different people, even people. And I don't go always with, you know, people that are popular either. Um, I, you know, I try to listen to everybody, you know, and uh, Kyle Nelson, as you know, you've been on his show here in Illinois, kid. Um, high school coach. He's got a great podcast. I listen to his. I you know everybody listens to the ABCA. I'm going to do it misjustice because I can't hit everybody. Um, you mentioned the 1% better with, you know, and then our friend Joe Ferraro, um, you know, Kevin Wilson had a, had a podcast before that was excellent. Um, but I think you'd learn from everyone, but I go outside of baseball too. Um, you know, and people are going to think I'm a little crazy because, you know, I keep mentioning the mob and organized crime. Um, but recently in the last, uh, I'm going to say last couple months, I've been listening to Michael Francis, who used to be the capo regime for the, um, the family, one of the families in New York. Um, and he's one of the very few guys who actually walked away from or organized crime as a boss. Um, he was been out of it for 25 years, turned Christian. Why do I listen to him is because I met him at Willow Creek Church one time. I was very interested, read his book. And because I believe life experience you can learn from a lot where did i learn baseball i didn't learn baseball from a classroom i didn't learn baseball by reading a book i didn't learn baseball by watching videos now does that mean you can't absolutely of course you can you can learn a lot of things from those things but i learned baseball from being on the field at mickey own baseball school with great coaches older than me watching them how they taught how they ran practices how they taught kids how they taught myself um, and I continue to do that because I tell coaches all the time, you know, if you want to get better, 
have your mentor, and I know this is a, doesn't have to do with a podcast, but or with books, but have your mentor come to your practices. Have your mentor, somebody senior that's been around that you respect, have them come to your practices, evaluate you in your practices. Have them watch your games, whether it's on video or whether it's at the actual game. Have them evaluate that. That's not easy to do because now you're getting input from somebody else. I think that's one of the best learning experiences you can do. So I've done that. Um, and, I, and, 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 and the other area that I think you can do um, when I was listening to Michael Francis, you know, you're learning about business, you're learning about reality because, and I said this on yesterday's show, I know it's not going to be popular on a uh, educational sh show as much, but it does make sense. You know, criminals, they're doing the wrong thing. There's no doubt about it. And Michael Francis understood it. He got away from it, became a Christian. Now he goes out and teaches. He taught professional athletes what, why they shouldn't be gambling, why they shouldn't, you know, because because you know once you start gambling all kinds of bad things happen but what you're learning is they had life skills the reason they were successful is because they understood marketing they understood business now it was corrupt business it was a bad business but they could take those same skills and place them into anywhere in life for good and that's you know i've learned a lot from michael francis just by listening to his podcast listening to his shows um, that I carry over, not just into life, but I can carry over into anything else I'm doing. So, I, you know, there's a lot of different things. Um, I try to, I try to read. I'm not a big reader because I, I guess I didn't pick it up when I was young. So, as you know, it's it's all about habits. So I try to read a little bit, and then uh, and then I go right back to podcasts. I love podcasts because you you can listen a lot. I go to YouTube, listen to a lot of different shows. Sometimes I just go around YouTube and check out all kinds of shows. And, it, and if something interesting just kind of perks me, then I'll listen to that podcast for a while on YouTube. And I'll, so I'll jump around a little bit. Um, so there's a lot of different ways to learn. And that's just some of the ways. And I apologize if I miss some of my friends that I listen to their podcast. Um, but there's so many good ones out there when it comes to that. Awesome. Awesome. And, and Pete, again, I can't thank you enough for coming on the show. This has been amazing. Uh, if you're a teacher or a coach, there's so much uh, great information here uh, to help you, whether on the field and in, in the gym or, uh, you know, in the classroom. A um, lot of good lessons here. A um, lot of important information tackled here tonight. Pete, I can't thank you enough. Zach, keep up the great work, man. Stay healthy, everybody. Stay safe. And God bless you all. Thanks for having me on, my friend. No problem. Thank you, my man. All right. Bye-bye.